0: Pilot. Pilot? What's a pilot? Well, the way they pick TV shows is they make one show. That show's called a pilot. And they show that one show to the people who pick shows. And on the strength of that one show, they decide if they want to make more shows. Some get chosen and become television
1: programs. Some don't. Become nothing. She started one of the ones that became nothing. Happy Halloween, Keith. This is the week of Halloween that we are releasing this episode, and it's always a fun time of year. Whether we're going to uh, I don't know Halloween parties or just enjoying like random Halloween festivities, it's you know it's fun to yeah uh, you know, get into the Halloween mood. I personally enjoy watching a lot of horror movies this time of year. Same here. And it's almost you know it's 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 funny the whole month of October might as well be Halloween, and the it's the holiday itself. It's almost like sad because that means it's the end of of the whole feel of of you know spooky October and moving on to uh, what a lot of people do, which is you know Christmas. But I usually hold off on that until December.
0: You know, this is the first. This probably is the first Halloween, though. As
1: you said, I love to watch horror movies all
0: month long, but because of this podcast, this is probably the first
1: uh, time I really kind of dedicated it to. Uh, horror tv shows (laughs) right instead of movies uh but we still have time for those as well uh thankfully but at least yeah for this whole month we've been discussing uh the genre of vampire television and yeah we've seen the genre take all different kinds of directions but you know all tv shows usually have some form of a halloween episode right a lot of sitcoms uh, come to mind like i know for oh, yeah. example uh bottom family always did a really funny halloween episode every year uh the office has had some really funny halloween episodes um yeah you name it so i mean parks it- and rec like yeah. it, it,
0: like your favorite sitcom has it like has a great halloween episode
1: yeah exactly i'm trying to think if i'm overlooking any a lot of uh nickelodeon shows that do Halloween themed episodes, which I liked. I mean, do any stick out to you in terms of either a a special or you know, a show that had a a particularly memorable Halloween episode? Oh, The Office. Oh, yeah, yeah, The Office had great
0: Halloween episodes. I just, I think it's the second season when uh, Michael has to fire some of the people, and he has like himself, like he has like a double paper mache version of himself. And that this is when The Office really started coming into its own. And, you know, you're firing a guy dressed as, like, Dra- Count Dracula, if, mm. ironically enough. And it's just... Oh, uh, I thought
1: he, the guy he fired was dressed as a hobo. Which... No, that's right. He was a hobo. Toby, someone was Dracula, and I think it was Toby, actually. Oh, yeah, it might have been. I know they had a uh, few other Halloween episodes, like, when everyone dressed up as Heath Ledger's Joker. Oh, yeah. that, that Yeah, that was... uh I think that was like one of the opening ones. And then like
0: you know uh Dwight standing next to Kev, but the uh the office sticks with me. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of I it's like I know they're there cuz mm-hmm. I like during Halloween that's all they would play. I would say I would say I don't know why but Rugrats is coming to mind.
1: Oh yeah, they had a couple. I mean, I think they had a really early episode where uh I don't know, there's like a haunted house or something if memory serves. And of course the babies just turn everything uh upside down. I think of um Modern Family, which I wasn't like an avid fan, but I watched here and there. There's I remember Yeah, we watched them together. The uh Claire was a character who had like a unhealthy obsession with halloween and she would make the house into like an overly scary haunted house but she took it too far (laughs) right like she would get very creative oh yes but it was it was almost too scary she would send a lot of kids running for the hills to the point where like then in a later episode like a season or two more into the show people were too scared to go to their house (laughs) like she would put all this work into it and no one showed because they would get too scared actually i just remembered and
0: uh i should say a good part about having this podcast uh, and a reason why not only do we get to talk about television, but I always like to introduce people, recommend shows to people. And this is why not start with the first episode. But I'd be happy to share that I am almost three seasons, almost done with the third season of Buffy. I'm nice. really into it. And I their Halloween episode where I think it's the second season. Yes, it's the second season where everyone... That, uh, who bought a costume from this magic costume place becomes their costume for the night.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. sounds familiar. In fact, I believe that was also a plot of one of the Halloween Town movies on Disney Channel. I think the the, the first or second movie, uh, there's like a spell someone casts to do that. So that's like a, a funny Can't idea. go wrong with magic. Yeah, yeah. It's like, be careful what you dress for as uh, on Halloween. Uh, but you know, there's also some good specials like for me, my favorite TV event in the month of October since I was just the wee lad was the Charlie Brown uh, oh, yeah. great pumpkin special. I love I still watch it to this day. I got Apple I TV rock. just just to watch it. <laughs> um, but yeah that's that's a favorite a perennial one that I always have to make sure I put on. Um, yeah, that was,
0: like all the holidays they didn't they they did all the holidays oh
1: yeah thanksgiving uh christmas of course arbor the day great pumpkin <laughs> um yeah. uh, uh, flag
0: day no the uh, pumpkin the great pumpkin that's that and the christmas one stand out but yeah that's a I'm trying, i think garfield did like the nine i remember i had a book like oh there was garfield he, and he friends did, the garfield garfield and friends he did something for halloween I even had like a, a comic book of Garfield that where uh, like someone told stories and nine different artists told nine different stories. Cause a uh, cat's nine lives and it was very Halloween esque. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then of course uh, just to stick to cartoons for the moment, Scooby-Doo is always a great cartoon to have on. If you want to get into the Halloween mood, just, you know, if you, it's always ghouls and people in costumes, of course, and even uh beyond the original show, there are some really memorable uh T V movies that uh are good to put the, on this time of year. The Boo Brothers.
0: Why do I remember the Boo Brothers? Yeah,
1: that does ring a bell. Yeah, I think that, that that one uh they had a whole bunch. It's hard to keep track.
0: There was a time when like they uh um shaggy and scooby like left the group and they did their own adventures but yeah they with like they they had to race dracula yeah like, yeah back, that's right wow.
1: i had that on video they they ran into all sorts of sorted characters on their own where it may be worried for them like oh they don't have like fred or velma or daphne to look out for them um but yeah that's that's always a good spooky type of cartoon to have on but uh it made me think too you know uh there's a, 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 of the vampire genre that we've discussed you know, maybe there's like one or two that we didn't get to, but you know that's okay. Like, probably the oldest vampire show that I looked up was uh, Dark Shadows from I believe the '60s to the '70s. We didn't have to watch that one, but uh, that, one day, well, like when we get into the '60s and '70s, we'll, yeah, that, that that feels like a show to tackle. Uh, Dark Shadows, or and then I think even more in recent years they made a TV show based on uh, Interview with a Vampire on amc that's correct maybe check that one out one day that's a more recent entry and then i think uh american horror story has to have had vampires in at least a few seasons i think most notably in the um, the hotel season with lady gaga but i'm sure they appear again in you know maybe one or two other seasons and of course uh angel splits oh the spinoff yes yeah
0: but that's more i mean he just happens to be a vampire it's the same thing as like it kind of follows the buffy. it's not about you know he's still like a he's a vampire with a soul, but it's about it's not about it's not as like exploring the vampire community that uh like true blood or vampire Diaries did okay uh,
1: interesting at yeah. least I don't know I have not I know uh, very little to. about uh the spin off angel and there's also spin offs of vampire Diaries as well, which we discussed last week, you know the originals and then um. Uh, legacies I don't know I have that probably wrong but uh, yeah there's still a lot of vampire content out there to explore if people want to go beyond what we discussed this month uh, but we are going to wrap up this genre today with uh, a vampire comedy and one that we really enjoy called What We Do in the Shadows
0: Stay dead Stay dead, stay dead. You're dead and out of this world.
1: Yeah, this was originally a movie that came out in 2014, which we both Love seen. It. It's Lo- right. Um, and I think the show is very much in the same spirit as the film. It translates very well. Uh, I, I think you could enjoy them both separately. I think they both still kind of do their own things. But for the most part, um, you know, if, if you had to imagine what it would be like to make an American TV show based off of that film, I think this is like the best that you could hope for in a good way. Uh, so yeah, this originally aired this pilot on March 27th, 2019. Airs on FX to uh, a very modest 670,000 viewers. Um, <laughs> to, like to compare that to, say, uh, when we were talking about Friends, which premiered to 20 million viewers. Uh, yeah, it's, the
0: times have changed, but it's also, I feel like, even with the movie, I the movies in. If I had to make like a top 10 of comedies of the 2010s, this is in my top 5. I have mm. to if I were to do comedies of all time. We'll see, but I love this movie and but I it's kind of niche until you start tell it word of mouth. This movie's a word
1: of mouth kind of movie cuz I, I agree. You know, I mean, did Was it on HBO? I think that's how I first discovered it was maybe... um, I think I watched it on Amazon. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I caught it on HBO, and uh, I don't know if it had a theatrical release in the United States. Maybe it did. I I don't really remember, but I just remember seeing it on TV and really, really enjoying it and seeing it a couple times. I probably need to revisit that. Uh, I haven't seen it in a while, so this would be a good opportunity.
0: But it's the same reason... It's the same kind of niche of Flight of the Concords.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, same. You have Jermaine Clement in there, yeah. and who doesn't love seeing yeah you know, him with his dry delivery and yeah you know, teaming up with um, Taika Waititi? It's it's just like a dream team.
0: And uh, but like I didn't know that many people that watched it. Maybe in high school when I first got into Flight of the Concords, it was me and some other kid. And but everyone every time you would tell someone of the show, they would love it. And the same thing. Uh, what happened with what the movie? What we do in the shadows? Yeah, like everyone. I mean, grant if you don't like if you don't care for the movie, you don't care for the movie. But it's a very well received movie that kind of launched the career of Taika Waititi.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, think how huge he's been in the last several years. I mean, he's directed a couple of Thor movies and he's appeared in a lot of other movies. And you now he has this TV show. And I think his brand of humor has really resonated. I mean, you can maybe say that it's. um been a little heavily relied upon by some studios, right? But uh, I would still say that, yeah, you know, he's a very unique voice, and uh, he his highs are very high. This is him at his like
0: nothing to lose. on am putting all of it on the table. That's how like because we no one really I, he was nominated in like 2006 to 2009 for a short film, but still no one. That's not how you you know get break into mainstream. But this is kind of that and hunt for the wilder people were like, oh, this guy has a voice. He yeah. can, A, he can direct a movie and he has a uh, a unique style of comedy. And I would say this one, the show is a little bit more accessible to Americans. Yeah, yeah. But it's still very like niche in the way, in the way that, I, I know everyone loves it, but I don't know how many people love it.
1: Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's tough because, nowadays cable television has uh seen its audience shrink dramatically as you know noted by the premier audience for this show but hey you know the show is still going it's had uh five seasons uh let me five. just five it's in five right yeah uh, it just finished its fifth season it, it finished its fifth season it has a six one confirmed so you know um and you know fx has always been a network that will uh continue a show of high quality even if maybe the ratings aren't up to a certain standard that other cable networks would require. Uh so yeah. uh you know it's great that it's still out there and for people to discover. Um but you know you're right maybe it's not uh a huge widespread hit but it definitely has its following and you're right people who watch it uh definitely um enjoy it a lot. So uh it's it's just it's so I don't know it's so fun and pleasant to watch. It's like an e- I want to say it's like a, um say it's an easy watch but it's it goes by fast every episode I feel like I, I think we'll note that in our rewatch here it just it flies by these episodes and you could really uh get through a whole bunch of them in a in a short session.
0: And it's it deliver it brings such a, a this is the postmodern take on vampires that just hits me. Like it just yeah. the the daily Mundane lives of three vampires who live in Staten Island, of all places. I love but that. Just how how kind of hard it is to be a like, or just in one in some ways boring, in some ways just the the daily challenges of being a vampire uh, in Staten Island, and that kind of just um that's right up my
1: alley. I love that. I also love just the clash of these old world personalities in a modern setting which obviously that's part of being a vampire right uh yeah. but uh, it works really well here contrasting their sort of old world um yeah you know, their, their old world personalities with uh you know this this more modern setting it's it's always funny to see that so um like we said this was uh something collaborated on with uh by jermaine clement take otidi who they um yeah, they. Were both uh, I think they both wrote and directed the uh, together the film and obviously they starred in it, uh, but they they also both uh, worked together to write this pilot with Watini directing. Yeah, um, this
0: won't be the first time we'll see Taika directing a pilot either. Like it's, right, all, a lot, he's in that in that stage of his career where all these doors are opening for him, which and is he's so just kind of going through
1: all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, um, you know. It's it's nice to see uh, that happen to someone, and you know, uh, from when you see their their first breakout hit with the film version of this uh, to w- where he's at today, and you know, still um, uh, definitely a long future of projects ahead. Uh, and funny enough, this is actually the second TV show in the What We Do in the Shadows franchise. Uh, I mean, it's the first yeah. American show, but there is a uh, New Zealand show called Wellington Paranormal, which I think is more closely tied to the film. Uh so I don't know. If you could find that somewhere, it could be a fun watch if, you know, you get through all of this show and you still want more of this of this world.
0: It's more yeah, it is it's more like New Zealand based because at at some point in the movie they're visited on by cops and they're using their glamour like you don't see anything. So the cops are going like right. oh, you know, like you know, you gotta clean up the blood there, like you know, it's a crazy party you guys are having here. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's a great scene and they took yeah, Wellington Paranormal is basically kind of just i don't want to say like x-files but like these cops dealing with supernatural uh mis uh, disturbances and i've watched a couple episodes it's funny it's just hard to watch everything yeah but uh you know you know it's it's a funny show
1: yeah if you can somehow find that to watch you know it's uh it definitely goes hand in hand with what we're talking today more of this world i kind of i'm like i'm full on board of this like
0: supernatural world like i i it doesn't always have to be vampires i know that in in what we do they kind of you know same thing with all the other vampire shows that we've talked about they deal with like witches and yeah. werewolves but just more of this world i'm I, I'm a big fan of the humor
1: yeah everything is so dry and uh you know it's
0: and wordplay yeah like there's a lot of wordplay in both the movie and in this pilot that we'll
1: discuss Um, And so, you know, when uh, it came to the influences for this show, uh, to maybe separate a little bit from the film, uh, I mean, a lot of the inspiration was drawn from the vampire films of the 80s and 90s. So you have influences like Vampire's Kiss, Fright Night, The Lost Boys, Interview with the Vampire, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, So I think you can kind of get a sense of all that. Uh, But one very old vampire movie that's still... Uh, has a little bit of a, a sway in this was Nosferatu. And I think that will be more apparent when we discuss the Baron character later yeah. on. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, um, I, I like that, you know, mostly drawing in from more of this, um, I don't know, sort of uh, glamorization of vampires, but then uh, also inserting a bit more of that uh, old school Gothic horror take just to sort of undercut The uh, the pompous nature of the main vampires.
0: It's a love of the genre, like it's like like you kind of have to go into this. It's kind of like the old Mel Brooks rule: you can't write a parody or satire without like really loving the thing that you're parodying. Right, right. But it's like it is clear that uh, not to go into spoilers, but there's an episode in the first season where they introduce the vampire council, and I'm sure it's considered one of the better episodes of the the show just because of the it's filled with all different kinds of vampires from like hey i and and cameos galore but it it's honoring kind of vampires throughout i'll say this wesley snipes appears on a camera uh, on like a zoom yeah and he can't get it working
1: that's a fun easter egg you know it's um you're right a lot of cameos too i think uh Let's see. Nick Kroll has a recurring role on the show. Love him. Jermaine Clement yeah, like, and Taika Waititi appear as well. I don't as know if, their characters as their characters. From, so as so as their great characters from what we do. I lo- um, I love that. So there's uh, a lot of attention to detail with that, and a lot of fun stuff to pay off fans of this particular genre. And um, you know, I think it's like one of those sort of comedies where, like, I think a lot of co- comedians will gladly uh, sign on for for even a quick cameo. You know, it's it's one of those. Comedies where um, it's like a comedian sort of style. Uh, you know, oh, like yeah. people really enjoy the um, originality of it, and uh, they they definitely get a lot of um, yeah surprising, fun people to to pop on.
0: And watching the fifth season now, it's the characters
1: do grow. Like they like they deal with certain like
0: each season, kind of they're dealing with like an overarching theme, but the characters it's it's amazing to see where they watching this pilot
1: again to see how i guess simple things were yeah uh i mean that's how a lot of shows start out right you kind of start out um with more of a simpler uh episodic plot lines before you sort of grow the world more and kind of get more overarching stories and i think that's the case here and you know i also like that uh you're right with with the love of the vampire genre i saw jermaine clement was saying that they're basically doing like traditional vampire rules and i think this is maybe the only show we're discussing this month where we see a vampire turn into a bat it didn't happen in the previous shows we discussed
0: that's right and you know uh you know what uh it occurred to me the other day that i guess they threw this rule out the window because it hasn't appeared in any of the shows that we talked about, but garlic.
1: Oh yeah, I, garlic. I, don't th- I I don't think vampires are afraid of garlic anymore. No, no. I mean, I I like that when people are trying to repel vampires, they wear like a necklace of garlic. That's yeah, like, like the, the cloves and right. That's like an old fashioned thing, but. Um, you know, I, I maybe they could reference it from time to time. Like, it's like I haven't even seen that. It's it just, oh, wow. it, I just
0: found it interesting. But, yeah, you're uh, right.
1: That one's over. Like, I, maybe that one is more saved for the more, um, I don't know, child friendly vampire stuff because again, it's such a silly image. Like, oh my god, garlic, hotel uh, Transylvania type stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All um, right, so that's like one rule that maybe we don't really need, but uh, yeah, you're not gonna get that, like a sexy garlic scene in True Blood. I also saw uh, something interesting too, where um, someone from the production was saying that there's been no CGI used when making in this show, and I don't know when that statement was first made, but I guess a lot of the effects of, for example, the characters maybe levitating, or um, you know, there, certain things that look otherworldly are largely achieved. By practical effects, I think there has to be some CGI in this show, but probably in the same way that like Jurassic Park, like you know that like it, it blends so
0: well. But it's not a the makeup makeup and the like practical use is what kind of adds to the both the the show, but also the the humor. Too.
1: Yeah, I, I think it makes it feel a little more old school as well. So uh, let's get into it. Here we are, and again, this is not that recent of a premiere. This is still a show going on. Uh, but still let's pretend it's uh the year 2019 which does still seem so far away it's a whole it's a whole world in 2019 uh, it's a I, it's I warned myself a lifetime a lifetime ago basically <laughs> uh but yeah so it's uh March 27th 2019 we have FX on uh, so I think it's time Keith where you can now take us to the pilot Flight 527 Kilo, cleared for
0: takeoff. all right so we open up camera crew ready we're watching a mockumentary and the first shot that we see is of our our soon-to-be favorite familiar guillermo yes and uh you know we're we're gonna get to know all these characters but guillermo is uh First word off the mind, lovable. But he mm-hmm. is going to explain just the nighttime routine of waking up basically his master and the household itself. And, uh, you know, we get to know a little bit about Guillermo as he's doing, I guess, his daily chores. Like, you know, he's been uh, his master's familiar
1: for 10 years, yeah, which... Guillermo's like our age like it's like ten, it's been a, ten it's years been a while. that is a very long time to be a familiar and uh, unfortunately not have really gotten anywhere <laughs> as we'll see what his aspirations are yeah
0: well the, I, I guess with every familiar their goal is to become a vampire and Guillermo yep. uh, <laughs> like you'll see why he wants to become a vampire but yeah uh, he, he does this you know gets to his master's coffin and then mm-hmm. it's tough to open. And, you know, push, pull. I think he's and using then, like, not a crowbar, but they're trying yeah. to pry it open with a couple of makeshift tools. So Guillermo gets it open and arise. This is how we meet Guillermo's master, Nandor. Nandor. And, you, know, you, you, you kind of get a slow creak, mm-hmm. a slow pull up. And that's awkward, like shot of them just standing there kind of like, ta-da. Yeah, I love that. And uh, we go to the opening credits, which is a song that is forever linked to this show. Well, it's an old song. I,
1: I 1966. I, yeah. I, I like to get this old folk song that fits in perfectly with the show. I, you know, when I first heard this, I didn't really know about this song. And so I thought maybe it was commissioned to be because it fits so well with the feel and the vibe. But no, it's an old folk song. And uh, I I think we get to in this intro, which I do really enjoy this intro, is the imagery that is present throughout the show. These uh, old world paintings and gothic uh, artwork that, I don't know, shows like medieval battles and gothic demons. And it's like out of context, kind of scary, but they make it very funny within the context of the show.
0: I always wonder how that like credit to the people that put all those that artwork together. But I always wonder I, someone has to be drawing a good amount of it, but is some of it just like Photoshopping? Yeah. One of the characters faces on mm-hmm. uh, like just a piece of artwork. I wonder, I know, it, it, it's a good way to, to show how, like where they've been throughout the years.
1: I like that a lot. I also would like to think that, yeah, it's fun when they, they, they probably have like a whole um, art department trying to find these, these images and I imagine that it's like striking gold when you find some obscure medieval painting that you don't need to do anything with. It just fits perfectly with what they're trying to show visually uh, in the story, and you don't have to you know you don't have to do anything to it because um, that's what that's like the funniest thing is you, know, you take these and you add this uh, layer of just very dry humor and it, it it works you know it's like um it it undermines this uh, very horrific imagery.
0: But yeah, the song is called "You're Dead" by Norma uh, Tanega. Yep. and uh, it's a they used it in the movie too. And yeah, it's a, right. it's a song that's forever linked to this property. I would say mm-hmm. it's it, it goes as you said. It goes so well, but uh, the next scene, Nandor. You know the thing with having a house full of roommates is you have to have a family meeting once again and you know Mm -hmm. family house meeting yeah and basically this is where we meet laszlo and naja and it's kind of we kind of get to briefly know who these characters are now the movie just not to go back into it dealt with the archetypes of like taika was the gothic The gothic vampire, there was a Nazi vampire and Jermaine Clement played like this Vlad the Impaler type while also having a Nosferatu type character in the basement. So a lot of credit to coming up with these archetypes that are just out there. Like Nandor is a, was a soldier in the Ottoman Empire and he has that voice.
1: Yeah, uh, he was Nando the Relentless. You know, I, I, <laughs> I, that, that nickname is so funny to me because I guess it's not just a reflection of uh, his relentless warmongering, but also just his relentless personality. <laughs> you know, like he quickly annoys his uh, vampire roommates. And um, I don't know this this, this, uh, he has just, like this neediness though, know, that relentless is such a great um, way to introduce this character. This just- is
0: so passive aggressive. Well, like <laughs> yeah. I just, like just throughout the show, but uh, we meet the, our first vampire couple, Naja and Laszlo. And, oh, thank God, this is how we get Matt Berry in, in, I guess, American television. Because Matt Berry, for those who don't know him, is just a, like, one of the best
1: voices. Oh, love his voice. Yeah. Very distinctive. Just a
0: a booming British nobleman type. And, you know, I think people who do know him know him from, like, uh, the IT crowd, Mm -hmm. uh, Toast of London. Just a very funny comedic actor. But this is probably his first, like, like really mainstream U.S. American show, yeah. And you know, he, Laszlo is that British nobleman, like, like a so fuck, like I fall, fuck anything that moves. Yeah, thing, he's very
1: know. um very pompous personality. Pompous, yeah, and I get a sense too that even though they are distinctly different characters in the movie, uh, there are some similar roles they play in the dynamic. So I would say that. Uh, Nandor is a little similar to Taika Waititi's character where they're like a little awkward. They're trying to be the leader, but people don't really listen to them. And then, uh, you know, Laszlo is similar to Jermaine Clement's character from the movie where, you know, he's um, very arrogant. He he scoffs a lot. He, you know, very he basks in this uh, this role of being a vampire uh, a bit in a way, or he like sticks his nose up at things, you know, like there's, there's some, there's some parallels you could draw to the movie, but I think that's maybe just to get started. And, um, as the show goes on, there's more of a departure.
0: Well, they go right at it because, you know, uh, Nandor once they got a letter, that's the house reason why they have a house meeting. Yeah. Uh, and you know
1: let's read it in the living room you no know, why can't you read it right here
0: like yeah that's, there's a like, whole it, it, there's a whole banter
1: and it's like almost like a scene from the office where they, they spend like a minute debating about where they're gonna read the letter you could have read it by now right and that's that's the juxtaposition you want to see is like inserting that mockumentary style humor with uh, this now like kind of otherworldly um, you know story and character
0: and th- uh, this is where we also meet. Nadia who I I've come to learn is like a Greek she, like I think she's a little bit older than Laszlo. Mm. Uh, yeah she would be she's a Greek vampire you know kind of like was just a pillager or like someone who grew up in a village and then turned into a vampire mm-hmm. and she I think her being female just adds a lot to it just because it's our first female vampire yeah it was all and, guys in the movie yeah and uh play Natasha demon trio like she i have seen her on british panel shows like mm-hmm. once again it's just very funny and they uh they go into the living room and you know before i read the letter first order of business and this is what plays into the wordplay. yeah it's like there are people there are victims in uh our basement and they're half
1: drunk where'd and they you know, where'd like, they get the alcohol
0: yeah, no, no, they're half drunk. It's unhygienic. Oh, yeah, they're, they're half drunk. They're like...
1: They've been... Half their blood has been drunk out of them. Yeah. It just, it, like,
0: who's gonna clean all the bloody dishes? <laughs> you know, camera points to and You just see a, a whole bunch of blood, blood on dishes. Yeah. But... uh yeah, you know, we, you know, we get the one on one thing about a mockumentary, and I, this is our first mockumentary is like, you know, they yeah. have
1: the, the one shot. You get the, I think, you know, um, this is an
0: interview show.
1: Yeah, like a uh, talking head or Confes- talking head, that's it. confessional, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, they have those um, a lot. That's, you know, it's a good way to get exposition out. But at the same time, like, I don't fault this show for maybe uh, using what might have been a tired structure because it's just, it's actually making it fresh again. By um you know, that by having it be about vampires.
0: But you know, we learn how Laszlo and Naja met and how Laszlo got turned and basically take the horniness of any vampire and just uh, amp it to eleven. Mm-hmm. Like these characters love to have sex.
1: Oh, I know. There's they're so uh, open about it and I and one of my favorite visuals is when um Laszlo is recalling when he first saw this Uh, This creature who is nausea like at his window and they cut to this painting of this just very frightening like she demon (laughs) in the night (laughs) and like um, I don't know like that that image definitely stuck out to me
0: And there was a knocking at my window, which I found odd because I was on the third floor Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, but yeah The way to solve that problem just get a permanent marker and write on the victim Good until like date, month, year. Make sure you initial and, them <laughs> so you know who they belong to. You see Guillermo. Yeah, basically food in the refrigerator, but Guillermo's like just, just writing this down. And you'll see that they don't treat Guillermo with any respect. They call him Gizmo a lot of the time.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's well, I, you know, that kind of goes back to, I guess, how vampires look down on humans. And, uh, but especially with Guillermo too, you know, you feel a little bad for him, but there's definitely like, um, you know, uh, not a disdain, but just like an indifference to him throughout the at least his first uh, run of episodes. You'll get to love like I, to audience like you'll get to love this. Not only the
0: character, but the actor who is who's starting to break out in his own way. Harvey Gillian, I think his name is. But um, I just, like he, he was in Puss in Boots. He, he was
1: in Blue Beetle. Yeah. Harvey like, uh,
0: Gillian. Gillian. OK.
1: Uh, uh, i also see him in a lot of commercials too nowadays yes. so yeah just a nice sign that this is his breakout role and that's leading to a lot of other great things for him but they finally get to the letter
0: and the letter is from baron afaness and that's basically to compare it to one of our other it, he's basically the master it sounds like from yeah. Buffy, like this ancient vampire who who was there from the beginning and Mm -hmm. I just like, it's like, I'm coming to visit you. Like you guys took over the new world yet, right? Uh, Yeah. When did we get this letter? Oh, yesterday. When is he coming? Tomorrow.
1: Uh, Yeah. They kind of chew Guillermo uh, out for not giving it to them sooner, but it's like, it was during the day, (laughs) you know, Uh, he can't catch a break,
0: but it's kind of, you have to remember that this is like, it is a sitcom. So you got the classic, like my boss is coming over for dinner. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, That's, that's a good way to uh, correlate it. Yeah
0: at its core like at its core like each uh, the episodes are just basically like oh i've seen it but you've never seen it like this yeah you've seen it done but you've never seen it done like this and that's where i also applaud the show but it's still cool. doing
1: it in unexpected ways like you don't expect yeah. these tropes to pop up because of the genre you expect vampire tropes to pop up not sitcom tropes to pop up and that's yeah. what makes it still so funny like they they make it fresh you know
0: Honestly, I'm kind of surprised it took until like 2014 and 2019 with the show for this to happen. I'm surprised yeah. this doesn't exist even in the early to, even in like the 2000s. But hey, we got it now. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, of course, Laszlo and Naja both had sex with this guy. Yeah, yeah, I like that first. Yes,
1: yeah, <laughs> in separate confessionals, right? You have like Naja first saying like, "Oh, it might be a little awkward because me and the Baron once uh, had a, you know a, a romantic affair." And then it cuts to Laszlo, who says the exact same thing, which you don't expect. But uh, I, you know, that's that. I like that also setting up the sort of um, sexual fluidity with these characters. They're just like they're down for anything, basically. Yeah. Uh, so it's you know a, a good way to set the tone for that.
0: Now to fo- go hard into the vampire trope, you know, we got our leader coming. How are we going to celebrate? Virgins, yeah. virgin blood. And we'll get into that in just a bit, but man like I I, I love what they do the idea of a virgin in today's society yeah. is so different than like a renowned writer looking person in like this early 1900s it's uh
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that's no, that's um again like just just clashing these sort of um you know the 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 old worldliness in today's lens is uh it's you know there's so there's so many possibilities for for humor uh in that they're mining it and you know still coming up with gold but uh this is
0: where we get introduced to the last uh roommate or housemate and that's colin robinson yes doesn't look like a vampire at first and i love this character I oh love man this. whoever thought of this i mean this is just knowing the vampire genre and just really rolling with it. But he is a vampire, but not in the vampire, you might suspect.
1: He no. is an energy vampire. Which is such an interesting idea. Like, has an energy vampire existed before this? I've never heard of such a thing before, but I'm so happy that it is exists in this show. It's it's such a great element. And uh, this actor... Um, Mark Prosh. I think his name is. I've so- seen him in like, uh, you know, maybe uh, in other sitcoms, right? He, he's like in the last the couple. Office. Se- the last and couple. Better
0: call Saul s- s- come to mind for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like he's he's in like the last couple seasons of The Office, and I'm sure he's had guest appearances in a ton of other shows. But he's like now another actor who's getting his. Um, you know his dude just getting he he kills this role he's so yeah. funny and he's just such like an unexpected element in this show like an energy vampire like I'm sure the show would still be hilarious and work very well without him but he just brings it to a whole nother level like I'm I'm very happy he's in it and um you know like I I don't know I I am just so. um <laughs> tickled by this character he's like one of the most unique tv characters i've ever seen that's high praise i i love this character and i
0: love i'm very happy as i'm kind of good, trying not to repeat what you just said but i'm just very happy for this actor yeah. to get a role like it's like i bet he's called colin robinson more than he's called by his first name right like right. comic cons and stuff but uh yeah he's you know and he kind of lays out the lore for energy vampires or the most common they they work in like office with the fluorescent light. Yep, and he is that guy. Everyone knows an energy vampire. They just suck the life out of the room. They suck the life out of you, basically. I've definitely met.
1: I, I I have to have met several. Uh, a few people come to mind actually <laughs> that I've, been, I've I've encountered that. Uh, thinking back, they must have been energy vampires,
0: and uh, because he's kind of a a dork, I guess to. Uh, well i think you'd have to be right to be an energy no, no, vampire I, well, yeah you, you kind of have to a, a boring dork but the vampires he's kind of secluded to his own area in the house they don't include him in on like house meetings they right kinda like
1: because he's like a different i guess breed of vampire yeah. but you know they're also susceptible to him sucking their energy right uh he, he feeds on anybody And I like too that in this explanation where you see him in his uh, workplace and draining people's energy, it's not just with boring conversation, but also like irritating behavior, right? Like he's like going to town on a um, on like an electric pencil sharpener or something. Like he's just like face he gives
0: with the eyes is just like. "Ah,
1: And that's another ah." thing too. Like anytime you see his eyes glowing as he's feeding, it's like a little scary but still hilarious.
0: Yeah, because it's over, like, the most mundane thing. But, yeah, no, Uh, props to Jermaine and Taika for coming up with this concept. So great. Like, even though they didn't come up with, like, I'm sure this has been in books and stuff, uh, but just this person is perfect for an energy vampire. Yeah,
1: uh, absolutely uh, a great fit.
0: In fact, you probably know an energy vampire. We're the most common kind of vampire. We are day walkers, not affected by the sun. And we are the only kind of vampire that can drain another vampire's energy. It's very cool. The power grows stronger in him by the night. And we come back and... The sun's out. So we, we get to focus on Guillermo and we're kind of going through... His daily routine in the house, what he has to do to get rid of bodies. And this is where we kind of really why he wants to become a vampire.
1: Yeah, this is interesting. Um, yeah, t- take us through that because, uh, I don't know, it's kind of endearing why he wants to be a vampire. Well, he fr- he got it from
0: watching Interview with a Vampire and he got to see himself. On screen representation through Antonio Barr and Antonio Banderas, yeah, as the first Latino vampire who's been on screen, and you know, I I would say for Guillermo, Guillermo's never been the coolest guy in school or in the crowd, so I it kind of for him this is his chance to be seen.
1: Yeah, maybe feel more accepted, right? Um, but it's still it's it's still i feel bad for this character in a funny way right like you know you know that he eventually things will go his way uh like the show's setting up for that but you know like his duties are just in addition to like disposing of dead bodies keeping sunlight out of the house it's also like very mundane stuff like just cleaning up right he's he's like a a servant they refer to him as basically a slave but um you know so many of his duties it's like you know, just very boring stuff um, and also just putting up with their very eccentric personalities and unreasonable demands. Uh, so, you know, he takes it on the chin and, uh, you know, he takes a lot like yeah. he, he like
0: and a lot of that is uh, humor. But I do think Guillermo, uh, I like where his journey has gone. Yeah. It, because he actually does grow a, a pair.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it? he he like he saves them. Uh, at, at least one occasion. So, uh, you yeah, know, spoiler, sorry, but you know, he he definitely uh proves himself, and you know, it's it's something that he has to do time and time again, because these vampires are um, you yeah, know, not the easiest to please.
0: But uh, so, where does one go to find modern day virgins?
1: Yes. Well,
0: where, <laughs> pray tell, a LARPing event? Oh, of course, <laughs> a LARPing event. Uh, sorry, uh, Larpers. Uh, wait, yeah, yeah, no it's I mean they have to laugh at that too. But it's a uh, you know that's where he goes it's like hey you want to come to a party type and he meets Jonathan and Jenna and Jenna is played by Beanie Feldstein. Right. Like as she's kind of coming you kind of really starting out.
1: I well, I, what year was uh what was that movie she was in? Uh um, Booksmart. Yeah, what year was that? That had to be maybe like around this time or maybe just a couple years later. Uh, but she also oh you know what else she was in um neighbors too oh, same year yeah same year that's right same
0: year and neighbors too maybe like a year before mm-hmm. uh but anyway yeah he's like hey he invites them over for a party and they're very interested
1: yeah <laughs> um you know and we'll, we'll see where that leads though i, I remember when i first saw this I thought this was funny, but I also became very concerned for <laughs> these two characters, and because uh, you never know, right? It's like the show can be very funny, uh, but uh, you know sometimes there's very unexpected moments of like I don't know, g- like genuine horror mixed in with with comedy. So, um, you know, that's I, I I don't know. I I, I did find myself um, a little worried for them. Uh, so the next scene is Naja and Laszlo walking
0: dressed up they they could be larping themselves right yeah. uh, uh alone at night and uh, they're walking through and they're talking about how, how they came to america they were persecuted they had to flee their village because they were vampires uh right. and and you know they get they, you know they like you know brush past an elbow like hey go back to your country
1: yeah yeah once this they get
0: into a fight with uh rude, a guy. rude guy you know uh yeah. i don't know they get into a little bit of a tuffle there but uh and how does any vampire deal with that? It's just like, let's just kill him. Mm-hmm. Now, this show is not shy of, I, and the wonders of being about, uh, the wonders of being on FX is that you do get to go there, I guess, in ter- in the same way that HBO, you're allowed to curse, but you're also allowed to like show a lot of blood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, uh, Nasha and Lazo lift this guy up and you see, you know, his girlfriend's like, I can't remember the guy's name, but like, where, where are you? And there's just a pool of
1: blood drop. It's like a shower of blood that's raining on her. And I feel like her reaction is just confusion. Like what she probably doesn't realize (laughs) at first what's going on, but I do feel like that is kind of like, think about things from that guy's perspective, right? Like suddenly you're lifted in the air and you're drained of your blood. (laughs) Like that's kind of freaky.
0: Now I was, this isn't a criticism or anything. I was wondering, like, why this is a funny scene, but what the, like, where is this scene going? And then I remember where it does, like, not, uh, yeah. it's like, oh, let's go home. And now it's just like, oh, I'm going to walk home. It's like, Lazo's like, what? Why walk when you could just bat?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he turns into a bat. And that's what I'm saying about Lazlo. Like, he, he is so, yeah, he brags about his vampire abilities. Like he just revels in being a vampire yeah. and he's such an ass about it. So I love that. But of course, yeah, this leads to a little more of Naja's story. Now, uh,
0: I, yeah, before we get to her story, we then go to one of at least the scene that will keep you laughing. And that is Nandor and Guillermo shopping for party supplies. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> uh, the creepy paper the creepy paper at uh, crepe paper. And, uh, Nandor is like, you know, they're at the register or even before that. It's just like, Oh, what do you think of this skeleton? The you know, <laughs> flick of the hand that skeleton goes a- on fire. But, uh, he throws, uh, at the, when they're at the cashier, and Andor throws like an ancient coin, like this should cover it. It's like, don't throw
1: ancient coins at me, man. Yeah, then he, like, he tells uh Guillermo, like, kill him. <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, yeah, obviously he does it, and then Nandor is like, you're dis- noting it, you're disobeying me. <laughs> it's like, what he expects this poor guy to like kill this cash register. It's like, uh, that's what it's saying, like, working, working for these uh vampires is like so defeating, <laughs> you know, it's like. Um, they I, I think too. There's a little bit of uh, Nandor making Guillermo's life purposely more difficult. Like he, I think he kind of knows what he's doing. Oh yeah, and he's passive aggressive,
0: like I said. But he's also like, I'm noting your disobedience. <laughs> I love that. Um, but now we get into what will be a a little bit of an arc in this season for Naja. Is she is stalking just a regular guy, who she believes is the reincarnation of. Her former love, a knight named Gregor. Mm-hmm. They're kind of the same way with uh, Vampire Diaries that reincarnation.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, well, I guess we'll see if that's really the case. Like, she really believes that he is this uh, knight from however many hundreds of years ago. But oh man, the the how she is stalking this guy. This is this had me rolling laughing when she basically like um, flies up to his window. And, you know, he's alone <laughs> in his room. And, you know, uh, just like she's spying on him as he's like, you know, jerking off. And, <laughs> and the best part is when she takes a flash photo <laughs> and he's obviously confused, but they cut back to that photo later. And, it- oh man, I-, I-, I that was definitely um, the funniest moment for me in this this watch. It's the- I-, I was laughing so hard. I would like some of that uh, colorful dust that sparkles. Glitter? Yes. Get me some glitter. Whatever for, Master?
0: I'm going to sprinkle it on my face and on my body like twilight. So deliciously macabre. Creepy paper. It's crepe paper. Creepy paper. Crepe paper, Master? Creepy. Oh, multi-pack. Now we go back to the vampire house, and they're preparing for the blood feast, and they're trying to figure out where do we hold the master. And they're looking in the basement, which is kind of a a mess. And they come upon like I think that's where they discover that Colin's room yeah is like right there. And his room is just you know for fl- fl- sorry fluorescent lights and just like a boring, just plain right Colin's room basically. Like however you think of this guy, his room looks exactly like that. Uh-huh. And uh, they decide to move it. To the attic but the attic also needs work there's the stair master <laughs> i love that they have a stair master that the is... sun they the sun might be able to get in as well uh but uh yeah the master if I, the master is arriving well they go to the docks which is and the master is arriving by crate yeah so, uh, he was shipped a la there. dracula yeah
1: yeah that's so funny he was shipped there and um I guess that's, like, how else are you going to get him over there? But I, I got a kick out of that. But I love, I got a kick out of the signing for the digital, like, the iPad. Right. It's like, like, they,
0: like what do you got, long fingernails? or?
1: Yeah, they don't really understand. And then you have Lazlo asking for, um, a, like, a, a feather and quill. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think, like, they try to uh, – to sign it or something but i don't know if this is like the similar thing with mirrors but like there's they they can't really interact with it or something uh like guillermo has to sign for it but either it's because they're not in the system for being vampires or they just like are unable to um do the touch screen i'm not sure but that was uh that was hilarious and uh right before the act break i just had like you
0: know guillermo He's ready like he's so excited the master's here because he believes the
1: master is gonna see him get turned into a vampire yeah, he definitely is very hopeful that uh yeah he he basically reads into a lot of signs that could mean he's gonna be turned into a vampire right like he's he's very overly optimistic that like oh is this a sign like you know is this is this time is it finally time and uh of course he gets let down but
0: to to his credit I believe it too. Well, especially yeah, uh, at the end. Yeah. Well. It, okay. So we have an act br- act break, and uh, we come back, and there's a brief scene of Naja wa- uh, finally introducing herself to Gregor, and you know his his face, and you find out his name is Jeff.
1: Yeah. And oh man, this she, this is a great scene for for Naja because like you can see she is just as wild as the other vampires, but I Jeff is like kind of taking her behavior on the chin like she's she's acting crazy and talking about what should be nonsense from his perspective but he's not turned off by this at all
0: yeah so it's a the scene goes back and forth with we go back to uh the vampire house and the virgins arrive and (laughs) you know oh we you know, uh, they're obviously the vampires are happy. They're obviously virgins. Just put them in a room. Yeah. And you know, you get to like you open up another room. It's like let us out. Uh, like, yeah. Come. You
1: see, like, and I find that kind of scary too. There's like someone who's desperately trying to crawl out of there, and it's like you know, it's a dark <laughs> comedy, but it is still kind of scary. I yeah, like from their perspective, it's a haunted house. All oh, right, right. And um, I like to let uh, Laszlo and um, Nandor. They, yeah, they, they, this, the second they look at jenna and jonathan they they say to guillermo like good work <laughs> like they can obviously tell their their virgins. Even
0: before that it's like it's like oh how do you know they're virgins like oh you know I, i'm dating a guy he lives in canada like we haven't met in ir
1: RR, irl like yeah yeah the, the way they talk like you know what does it matter like uh they, they're like a little uh defensive about being virgins uh and i think also guillermo tries to reassure them by telling them that like oh yeah we're like vampire larpers <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> um, i'm sure he says that a lot uh but uh you know we we then go back to Naja, who she's lusting after this guy oh and, she's uh, losing it this guy's a good looking guy uh, but you find it's like oh you're a knight it's like oh i'm a night watchman <laughs> I, uh, yeah the word the wordplay but uh you find out um you know they made passionate love in the past, and, in a past she kind of lets it slip. She kind of
1: lets it slip that she's the one that cut his head off. <laughs> yeah, and like I'm curious too. Like, how did she do that? Did she just pull his head clean off? Like she just like they were in the middle of a passionate, um, you know, uh, embrace, making love when she just couldn't resist and she cut his head off somehow and then but like that wasn't the end of it <laughs> like she kept going um oh man so so great uh but uh, and again like he's not he's confused by what she's saying but he's not totally um put off by it right cuz after she she leaves he's like oh wait what's your number <laughs> he's still interested in this crazy woman they
0: really do try to make every scene hilarious yeah like every scene
1: in every episode just like how can we make this funny and they but really do succeed. I have to say though it feels naturally funny because I guess it's more character based and these actors yeah. just like really live in these roles and bring these characters to life but it never feels like they're forcing jokes down our throats or that you know they're trying too hard. I do think this show it's almost like the jokes are just coming out by the nature of the story they're telling, right? It's yeah. it's almost like the the jokes just just come out on their own it's it's like it writes itself basically so I was about to say they make it look easy like yeah. some of
0: these like word plays it's just like half drunk mm-hmm. it's like
1: oh my god like yeah yeah really uh, really clever stuff and uh, you know that's why maybe it feels like such an easy fast viewing because you know it just uh, it flows so well
0: so we go to the saddest welcome party <laughs> in the attic uh you know they're waiting for the baron to arise but the, you know there's the creepy paper they're, they never got rid of the Stairmaster. yeah right the, the master's familiar is a weird looking like stoic woman
1: i've seen that that frumpy old woman before <laughs> in a, a few different things um but yeah like uh and, and that's another cry i think the show's really good at finding like very uh unique looking actors to to filled this world
0: um so guillermo's about to open the casket then you realize it's he has a really good looking pretty cool looking casket and opens up on its own and yeah you kind of makeup's come a long way if i'm giving like the master from buffy an a this gets an a plus this gets like
1: an a triple plus for me
0: yeah and the master i'm sure uh is played by i would say the legendary doug Jones. He, uh, oh my gosh, he, yes He, uh, you know, I, I can list off his credentials But JJ and I talked about him in our Hocus Pocus episode He was uh, uh, Billy Billy, yeah, thank you But, uh, you know, you, he was the, the feet, He was the, a lot of Pan's Labyrinth, he was Hellboy That fish guy, I can't remember his name right now But he's worked with Guillermo del Toro He's on Star Trek Discovery he, Like, if you need a tall Guy who loves sitting in makeup for like Nine hours, yeah. and he's actually a really good actor doug jones is your guy oh he's man he's contortionist
1: too and it, it shows he also brings so much personality to this character as well you know yeah. and it's tough too because you know when you're under so much makeup sometimes you feel maybe a little limited physically but the way they're able to do him in this sh- in this you know it looks so good he i mean he looks really scary <laughs> yeah. like, like looking at this character it is very frightening uh but i'll say this like if andy circus
0: Serkis- uh, is like the master at uh, motion capture. This guy's the master at makeup, like just makeup characters, I like, he, just the life that he brings. And the Baron is no different. The And the Baron will appear throughout the series and he has a <laughs> quite the personality, but right away he is like this kind of like this... The leader of the vampires. I'm hungry, and he right he right away kills Laszlo's uh, familiar yeah. June, who may who seems like she was just like she pops up in a scene. She dropped one of his uh, like uh, one of Laszlo's boots fell, and she's just following him around. She. <laughs> yeah she was over being a familiar a long time ago yeah
1: you know we hardly knew ye and uh you know it is also like you when he bites down on her i mean it's like another torrent of blood just yeah. spewing out of they her. they don't hold back no and, and of course
0: that's enough to make guillermo shit his pants yeah yeah
1: because you know like he, she was just happened to be standing closest to him that's the only reason why like you know she was the victim it could easily happen to him
0: but uh you know he's, he's back and then all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, hey, hey, Naja, hey, Lazlo." Yeah,
1: I love that. I love when he sees them and he's like flirting with them, and he's a little titillated by them. He's also like very—I um, don't know—he—he's posing for the camera when he realizes. Yeah, he, he's like, "What is this?" It's like, "Oh, you know,
0: just act natural." It's the first—it's one of
1: the few shows that do acknowledge that they're followed by a camera. Like, yeah, and it's like you know you can ask yourself like, why would this documentary? crew be following this these vampires and not reporting on the murders that doesn't matter <laughs> all you have to know it's it's vampires in a mockumentary and even this- they probably would
0: have done it in true blood too they're, like in some corner of the uni- universe of true blood they probably would they like hey can we follow you around
1: oh right in a world where vampires are more well known yeah. uh but yeah even this ancient scary ass vampire the baron also likes to be in front of the camera and he's like posing a little bit. I love that. <laughs> he's like, he's got this like flair to him that uh, is such a funny contrast to this demonic physical look he has. Um, and Oh my gosh. Also the red eyes, those red eyes, I feel like pierce into my soul. I, I like, if they wanted to, they could have used this design for like a really uh, effective, serious vampire horror if they wanted to uh but at the, of course it works really well here but man like they this this is such a memorable character and uh it <laughs> it i don't know it it's um just thinking about him sends me shivers the new world as you call it is our lifeline to an eternal future Send- it's a documentary crew. Their cameras. It's,
0: it's like, like they're not even here. They're filming me. Yes. It's pretend like they're not there. It's kind of a natural piece. But the reason for his visit, and he gets to it, like he chastises the group for not conquering, like this Staten Island. He not the like the world. The new world should be covered with vampires, and they have not done
1: their job. And. Yeah. uh, Well, he even asked, like, is Staten Island, this is like the seat of power (laughs) in the New World, right? And they're like, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: And he, if I'm not, yeah, he basically gives them their season one mission of you have to conquer Staten Island, but but because I'm going to go slumber. I'm going to go slumber. And when I wake up, Staten Island has to be
1: conquered. Yep. Yep. And it's, uh, does he threaten them with death if they fail or does that come later? At some point, I don't think
0: I think it's implied.
1: Yeah, right now. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like he's you know the this head vampire. Like you're not gonna refuse him. (laughs) So yeah, the pressure's on for them to uh, you know conquer at least uh, one borough of New York City. So, right after another the last act break,
0: you know, the night has not gone well, but we still have our virgins, Uh, and they're like, all right, we're gonna. Go after them and in a classic sitcom fashion, they've already been drained by Colin Robinson. Right. Who's, yeah. <laughs> who's just talking about like what what have you, like Yeah, like just
1: like, you know, mundane conversation. And I guess, you know, when they're drained of their energy, which doesn't kill them, it still makes them, I guess, uh, no longer viable just for lazy,
0: fatigued, every like
1: you know, it doesn't make they can't they they the vampires are no longer interested in them yeah at that point so that's interesting so i was i was relieved that they survived this because uh, i think at, at when the um, in the previous scene they they quickly appear and get a glimpse at the baron and uh of course they're like very scared and you know guillermo tries to shut them away uh but if i saw that even if i th- you know even if i was under the impression that i'm in some sort of extreme vampire larp I would head for the hills (laughs) after a glimpse of that guy.
0: Uh, And uh, you know, kind of the same way the episode opened a little. It's the reverse. uh, Guillermo is putting Nandor to bed basically and Nandor's like, wait, wait, I I don't think I've forgotten about your anniversary. He's like, I know you want to be a vampire and I'm going to do just that. Closes your eyes and then He presents him with a glitter portrait (laughs) of Guillermo as a
1: vampire. But also, Nandor's in the
0: photo, too. Yeah,
1: he's taking up even more space, I think. (laughs) So funny. So, um, of course, yeah, another letdown for Guillermo, unfortunately. The best is just like, happy two
0: years. He's like, it's 10. It's like, it's
1: 10? Uh, Yeah, Nandor is kind of like, really? He's like, he almost thinks it's... um, he almost has like pity on him, like really 10 years. Yeah, I, I think we might have missed it, but there was a talking head earlier where uh Nandor says how um oh. annoying Guillermo is, and Guillermo's like right behind him.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, how Nandor like kind of like puts up, like you know, uh, Guillermo can be a bit too much,
1: yeah, yeah, like he he finds uh Guillermo's like sort of I guess annoying and uh overbearing and uh yeah obviously the guy is just trying to prove his worthiness uh, to be a vampire but you know again that just goes to show their like um you know uh uh, apathy towards towards Guillermo they'll like openly talk about how he's not one of them and yeah how they're annoyed by him when he's right there and they have like no care at all for his feelings on the matter (laughs) so yeah he's like so after uh apathetic disgusted
0: dandor closes the the his coffin you know uh i feel so bad for guillermo and as he's like he's moving the curtains he kind of gives one last look he's like i could leave this open
1: like i could let the sunlight in but guillermo
0: is pure of heart i'll say that
1: yeah he does the right thing right because of course everyone has their limits and after 10 years and all he has to show for his dedication is a glitter portrait.
0: <laughs> Put it in your ugly room.
1: <laughs> I, of course, I, you know, I don't blame him for uh, being at least tempted to let Yes, yeah, I don't blame him for the thought.
0: Uh, yeah. And uh, you know, cut to credits, but this show is one of the very few nowadays that does come with a tag. And the tag is usually about 30 seconds, but this one is only 10 less than 10 yeah brief and it's just a shot of the baron's coffin in the attic and one of the nail uh one of the boards that guillermo boarded in drops letting in sunlight hinting at the shenanigans to come
1: yeah yeah like things are you know gonna not go as planned of course uh but yeah great great first episode and like i said I before it. i went by so quickly uh, it almost warrants, like, let's go right into the next one, you know. If, if yeah. you know, now that it's all these episodes are on Hulu,
0: does not an anniversary deserve a reward recognizing your years of service?
1: Ready, master.
0: Wow. It's a glitter portrait. It's a portrait made from glitter.
1: Wow.
0: And you deserve it. Two years of service. Ten. 10 years of service, 10, 10 years of service. Okay. I hope this inspires people just to really kind of binge it. Like it's a great show.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you know, I'm also glad too, um, that nowadays I think, uh, you know, it kind of airs different times a year, depending on the season but i think they're starting to air it more closer to the fall cuz it does feel like a fall show obviously it's you know it's vampires so it, it lends itself more to halloween uh, but um you know it's um it, it's definitely great to have on this time of year and you know with with five full seasons in the books you know you can definitely have a fun week just uh, watching these vampires get into all sorts of crazy sitcom type situations yeah no know. It- not only
0: them, uh, you get a cast of characters. You get their Staten Island neighbors. You get Nick Kroll.
1: Yeah. Pop up for a few. He's like... Kristen um, Shaw. Oh, yeah, Kristen Schaal. She's... um. Of course she's in this. Uh And then, you know, Nick Kroll, I think, is a Manhattan vampire, right? Which is like. He's kind of like the, the, the uh, yeah Manhattan vampire that they're jealous of. Right. Like he's kind of like. Yeah. He's like a little more glam because, you know, Manhattan obviously is a much more exciting place. Uh, Nick Kroll as a vampire. I'll say that. It's oh, just like. Yeah. What else like, The guy has
0: the voice. The guy has the character work and
1: the voice. Like, hey. <laughs> yeah, of course. And like, what a great team up, too. Like, because, yeah, obviously he has his own brand of comedy. Uh, but, you know, him being in this and entering the world of like, um, you know, a, a Jermaine Clement, Taika Waititi type comedy is, uh, you know, just it's so it's so great to see that pairing. Vanessa Bayer uh, from SNL. Yeah.
0: Uh, an emotional vampire. That's right.
1: Oh, my gosh. Like, of course. Yeah. We've, we've how many people we can we say we've met in our lives that uh, are either emotional or energy vampires. They're abound. But, yeah. I like I this show is this
0: show like the movie is a great word of mouth show and that like I always look at my my mom who doesn't really go for genre doesn't go for superheroes I, whatever um, I recommended her the show she loves it it kind of goes beyond like it's about vampires of course but every everyone knows vampires but it's a little bit just like as you said character work yeah like great great funny people
1: right I think the characters are all very fun to watch Uh, I think the mockumentary style is revitalized with the way they're doing it. Um, You know, I think it's great that it's sort of doing its own thing from the movie while still being within the same tone. I mean, like Staten Island, how great of a setting is that? Because (laughs) I think I was reading even the development. You know, all the other boroughs have been done first off, right? Like obviously Manhattan's been done. Vampire in Brooklyn. Right. Uh, You've had that. I mean, even just outside of like vampires, like we've seen so many – TV shows and movies that take place in Manhattan and Brooklyn, even in Queens, too. Like, you know, you have um, that being explored more in other shows and even in the Bronx. So Staten Island, you know, like, how many TV shows or movies take place in Staten Island? There's not really a ton. They're all a bunch of Pete Davidsons over there. but Yeah, or Impractical Jokers.
0: It's its own personality that really uh, that's another character, too. You know, we always talk about the city being a character, but Staten Island is a character, too, that Really, kind of, as I said, their neighbors are great. Their neighbors are like the typical people from Staten Island, and um, Marissa Jarrett renoker and the guy I can't remember long name, but he was like he's Trump's famous impersonator, Tony or something. But he's great. They're like it's it's just a great group of funny people.
1: Yeah, it's it's so amazing to me as well that you start with this really hilarious core of characters. But all these other characters they add in, just enhance it and are also very funny in the way they contribute to the show too. So um, I, I just these these guys, um, this this writing team just has a great penchant for creating some just really unique characters, and also creating a great dynamic between them. So um, yeah, just I I we're obviously praising this show a lot. Um, but it just—it uh, seems like I said so so effortless, and it's—I'm um, glad I, I I can see this being like a cult show in a way. Uh, but hopefully, um, you know, more and more people see this because it's yeah. I can't think of a, a bad thing to say about it.
0: I'll say that I'll say this with: you won't watch it now, but you'll watch it eventually, and
1: you'll love it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm I'm very grateful that this show exists. And it yeah I, it it's even worth rewatching too because I have seen this first episode a few times already and rewatching it I'm, I'm laughing just as much as I do any other episodes. I got though. the
0: itch. I got the itch to rewatch a few like even from the first season. But like, yeah, I agree. It's, the fifth season's been great too. It, it's it's.
1: Uh, then they're not long seasons, right? Aren't they only like ten episodes or so? I, like you
0: can, like if you wanted to, like let's say you get home at like six o'clock you could finish a season and be done by like 11 like like you could really it's yeah it's 10 episodes half hour 21 minutes like you know with with or without commercials it's a it's such a good watch
1: yeah no i i agree it's just it's uh, it's a joy uh, so there we have it keith we've watched uh, four vampire shows over different years and tones and i don't know was there anything from this this month this series on vampires that you like the most seeing uh you know any any particular aspect of vampires that uh you know make it for you more appealing
0: yes yes i do uh there are two aspects actually now that uh, the more i think about it one is um i love lore i just love like with any show that we'll talk about just expand the world and with uh like one reason, kind of, why I liked True Blood, was the the politics, the bureau. Like, what is a vampire like in a world that knows vampires for two years? What is the what is the you know True Blood, the vampire blood, the drug addicts that come out from True uh, from vampire blood? Just it's the more well thought out, the more I enjoy it. But uh, just like, what is Uh, I'm I'm kind of curious how Vampire Diaries deals with their vampire lore, um. But how do they interact with other magical beings? Like, what's their relationship with werewolves, witches, demons, what have you? But I, that's always a plus for me. That's just like, but also, this could also be true for any show. But at least with vampires, just the daily lives. And it kind of goes into like what uh what's a vampire like in this world? But what I the stuff that I kind of find funny is extraordinary people doing ordinary things. Like you'll not to spoil too much of what we do in the shadows, but they have to go to a city council meeting. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's stuff like it's stuff, and you know they can only they, they everything has to be like those that fluorescent lights and stuff. But it's all um, just the daily. Struggles like you know, vampires do kind of have to. You know what happened? Instead of running out of milk, you
1: ran out of blood. Like it's yeah. Just well, like you know,
0: daily it makes them more quote unquote human.
1: Yeah, They're relatable. Exactly, because you know, you think about how being a vampire means eternal life, and so what what does it mean to live eternally? Right, like what is the day to day? Obviously, you think of it on a big scale, uh, in a more classical sense. But a show like this, like what we do in the shadows, to examine the more day-to-day of an eternal life, it, it it's it's fascinating. It can be funny, it can also be very um, dramatic or even sad too, to think about how just time wears on you and how you become a relic of the world, a living relic. And yeah. you know, you could you could spin it in all different kinds of ways. I also for me I like that, you know, vampires are used as a way to explore our own human inner demons a lot of the times oh yeah right and kind of demonstrates how our most primal desires can be very self-defeating because like to be a vampire okay you're you have eternal life you can escape probably the biggest fear that anyone has which is death but what is the cost right like the cost is now you can't go out in the daytime. you have to kill people to survive. you um, yeah, there's all these like rules and catches that apply. It's almost like you know when you make a wish with a genie, but th- there's all these um, catch you know, there's all these um, drawbacks you did not expect. So I, I, I like all that as well. It kind of shows you um, how because you know all, all vampires started as humans. So I I like the potential of showing how, um, you know, the dark side of humanity can turn, or the dark side of desire can turn a person into a monster.
0: And to add to that, like, I think we've seen all four shows kind of do a great job, no matter what, how each character views that. Like, I, I could say the characters can go in, like, really two ends of the spectrum. They could view it as a curse. Like the Bill Comptons, the Angels, the um Stephens, or they could view it as they could really engage and revel in their hedonistic lifestyle, like the Spikes, the Eric, who we haven't met in True Blood, but will be uh, prominent Yeah, the uh, Alex- Alexander Star, Alexander Sarsgaard or the Damon, like or the the Laszlo, too. Like it's it's very it kinda it's that inner animal in us or or like it's it's either the id or the ego kind of kind of coming forward here like how 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 do you feel about yourself or
1: well that's a good point
0: backstories we get to know why they feel that way but
1: well it's like almost as if your ego and id are like more extreme you know like um or you know it's like i like how everyone everyone's transformation into a vampire is different it's like a unique experience for for everyone who goes under that transformation, do they become more of a monster? Do they revel in it, or do they become sad? Do they you know, regret their decision, or regret? You know sometimes they're forced to be a vampire. Uh, yeah, it's it's different for every human turned vampire. So I, I enjoyed that as well. But um, you know, there's um, it's it's been a fun month discussing this, and unfortunately, October is coming to a close, so we must move on. Uh, and go back to you know something uh, not as dark. <laughs> I'm curious. I, I kind of, I don't
0: remember what you sent me, and I'm kind of, i this. I'm waiting what we're talking about. I I'm...
1: well, you know, for the next two months, uh, we're going to go back into the world of sitcoms, but just a different decade. So you know, if we talked about ninety sitcoms uh, in August and September, then for November and December, we're going to be discussing two thousands sitcoms, and. Woo. We're gonna kick things off next week with uh, a show that started at the dawn of the millennium, and that is Malcolm in the Middle. Oh my god! A show notorious for not having any vampires yet. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my god, that's gonna be such a throwback for me. Yeah, I used to watch that show. That was that show defined at least 2000 to 2005.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. I think uh, I, personally, I want to get nostalgia for the 2000s rolling we've done it for the 80s we've done it for the 90s it's time for the 2000s to have their nostalgia throwback heyday Uh, but you know it's been fun talking about vampires keys and i'm happy to move on to the next genre with you but uh, until then guys we'll catch you at the next pilot Follow us on Instagram and X, formerly Twitter, at Take Us to the Pilot. That's Take Us to the Pilot with the number two.
0: Attention passengers, we've now reached our destination. We hope you enjoyed the flight and have a nice day.